0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to another hero's journey. We're at the desk. It's a mess. I'm with my favorite toys and tools. We're having a little bit of a beer review tonight. A little bit of a beer review. And it's of the non-alcoholic variety. So this is the Lagunitas IPA. Alcohol free alcohol free. So yeah, you know, I just figured, you know, throw these in the mix every now and then just so eh, I want another one. I probably shouldn't eh, Look guilt-free So I have had this before but I've only had it twice And it's funny because it seems to change every time I try it and um, We're gonna see how it is for this third time. So let's crack this baby open. Now, the thing with this Lagunitas is you smell it and you're like, oh, wow. That's an IPA. That's a little beverage. Um, but then you take the first sip and you're like, uh, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But the thing is. It's tolerable enough, especially after you get through a little bit of it. So let's take this first set that I've taken a few times. And I, I still don't have a conclusion here. You think it's going to be like a... Hmm. This is probably the best sitting i've had yet with it the best session we'll say because it's actually tasting pretty good right now um it kind of tastes like a hazy ipa where you buy it you take a sip and immediately you're like oh do i like this do i not like this i don't know that's what this is like you don't know if you like it you keep drinking it and I guess the lack of alcohol really creates an absence. But it's good enough to where you just don't think about it too much. Keep drinking it. And you're like, okay, I can, I can deal. So the Lagunitas IPNA little Play on their typical slogan. They just throw the N in there. Non-alcoholic IPA. It's just right in the middle there. Of their usual IPA text on the cover. And yeah. It's, it's as good as it's going to get for no alcohol in there. Now I'm I, supposedly athletic brewing... brewing Athletic Brewing, brew, brewing, brewing. I can't say that word. They have the best, supposedly. I still need to get uh, try some of those. They're not at my go-to grocery or andor liquor stores, so I need to dive a little deeper. Um, and as we continue this review, checking my Postmates. I know I'm bad. I'm ordering Postmates. Um, a couple things. So I'm shooting with a variable polarizer, oh no, sorry, a circular, this is an ND filter, come on, a circular polarizer, which I'm finally getting the hang of, I think. Now, what I'm realizing these work great with are reflections and like computer screens, mirrors, as well as skies. And they also do good, almost highlight reduction of glare so sometimes when i've been blown out lately when i'm shooting and i don't want to grab the nd filter or i don't want to take it down all the stops with an nd filter this you can it it takes like highlights or darkens and lightens and then because you twist it which at first I was like, is it just half of the screen or what's it doing here? But it's actually targeting highlights and or reflections, etc. And it's basically like an on-off switch of those. So right now it's on. So like the computer screens are not reflecting as much. time. So I turn it off, it almost has more as the zebras pop up more. Now see, I have this. Oh, there you go. See, On you can see the no signal on the monitor, or it's off, I mean. So right now you're seeing the reflectant of the computer screen. When I turn the polarizer on, disappears. On, off. On, oh. This is on, because it's off. This is off, because you can see it. So that's pretty cool, right? So, now that I'm figuring out how to use it properly, so right now the polarizer is engaged. And you can't see the no signal flashing on the screen, so it's not filming the reflection. It's somehow seeing through it. So I'm finally it's starting to click. It's starting to click. Polarizers are kind of more so for photography, just in a general sense, but filmmakers. It's it's just funny how like in film school, personally, I never we we were never really we were taught about them, but. You more so relied on your ND filter. It's kind of why there's built-in ND filters on cinema cameras because they're so common to be used. You can keep the f-stop larger to have more light come in the camera. It's like sunglasses for for your camera. Now, the polarizer is similar because it's blacked out when you look at the lens. The UV filter, you can you don't want reflection, but this, so it's funny how it's kind of been a filter. I have, I have all the time, the polarizer, but I've never figured out how to use it properly. And I'm starting to understand it more. Um, because my two go-tos are really just the UV, which is, or the UV haze, which is almost just a protection filter, has some characteristics that Help, but the jury's out. The ND filter actually has easy-to-see use and is becomes necessary outside. Without it, you have to have your f-stop at 22 sometimes, and then sometimes it's still not enough, and you have to do some shutter speed actions, which with video create effects you don't want. And if you want to mathematically uh, agree with how the video is supposed to be shot just on how the math works with your frame rate and your shutter speed there's it's, uh, this is 30 frames per second so my shutter speed is 160 I usually shoot 24 frames per second shutter speeds 150 when you do slow-mo you're cranking up to 60 frames per second your shutter needs to be 120-125 so those are it's a uh, the 180-degree shutter You're doubling, and it's 180 degrees. So that's an easy easy mathematical formula. If you stick to that, you know your footage is going to at least look proper in in terms of motion, blur, and all that. When you start messing with that too much, you can get either choppy or quick effects that make it look kind of weird. So the polarizer's always been just, well, what am I going to use this? And I try to use it, and I'm I'm never pleased or happy, or I just don't know what I'm doing. But now I'm starting to get it, and it's clicking, so fun. It's a fun tool. And then, I don't, oh, the last uh, topic of discussion for this video, for this hero's journey, is... So this is a whole new mode I've never shot on before. This is 30 frames, 4K, 422, 150 bit 10bit. So in theory, my computer can't edit this well, and this is a naughty codec for MacBooks, but... We're seeing. We're we're having fun. We're playing. A7S three has so many options. And really, as I uh, demonstrated with my last episode, I shot at the worst uh, option, which is only 16 mbit, whereas this is 150. So this is, I don't know, 10 times better data... The max this can go, I think, is 500 or 600, and that's 16 I shot and It was in 1080, and it still looks pretty great. So it is just unbelievable how great the sensor form uh, performs on this camera at the best and lowest. It's just all around. It's it's like a, it's like dummy proof. It's hard to not have a great image with with this camera. So stoked on that. So. Hope you guys enjoyed the view of my desk, had the, the camera nice and wide, so you could see my nice messy desk, there's the fan that saves my life, all my goodies and gadgets, so don't look at any of the personal details or my credit card over there, nothing please, uh, internet don't do that, and checking this, my order is on the move, there we go, bam. Technology. Alright, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 90. 10 more episodes to 100, baby. And I'm pretty excited. I'm thinking for the 100th 100th episode, I'm going to do like a... Hours long... Hours and hours long live stream. And just stream until I get kicked off the internet. That'll be kind of a fun celebration of this journey to 100. And then the sky's the limit. So... Thanks for tuning in, y'all. We out. Have a good one. Peace.